evening. I'm Lydia Serrano in for Greg Kelly. Listen, I don't have to tell you that the world is in chaos right now. Did you see what happens in Russia yesterday? A lynch mob comprised of hundreds of Muslims stormed the airport in Tagestan because they heard a plane full of Jews was en route from Tel Aviv, Israel. They broke down doors, flipped over cop cars, demanding to get a hold of the Jews. And I'm guessing they didn't want to have coffee in a civil dialogue with them either. Normally, when we see this type of horrid hatred of dis- Display. I mean, we think to ourselves, thank God, thank God I live in the United States, right? But grotesque, hate-filled creatures like the ones you're seeing right there on your screen are no longer lurking in the shadows of the United States either. From Chicago to New York City, pro-Hamas demonstrations, these, these people are proudly displaying their loathing for the Jews. Thousands took over the Brooklyn Bridge over the weekends, and the college campuses are, are rife with so much repulsion for the Jews that on a Cornell University online discussion forum posted by the users Kill Jews, Jew Genocide, and Hamas Warrior, there were several threats to blow up 104 West, the kosher dining hall, and calls for violence against any Jewish person they see on campus. Sadly, this isn't a surprise. Here's Cornell University professor Russell Rickford, who said this after the October 7th massacre. It was exhilarating. It was exhilarating. It was energizing. If they weren't exhilarated by this, this challenge to the monopoly of violence, by this shifting of the balance of power, then they would not be Exhilarated by the killing and beheading of babies. Wow. You know what's really crazy about all of this pro-Hamas anti-Semitic behavior? Most, if not all, of these terrorist cheerleaders would be among the very first to be flung off a rooftop by Hamas to have their heads chopped off, their babies baked alive. Yes, those are just some of the documented Hamas atrocities against the Israeli people. And you see, this isn't about land, okay? It's never been about land. This is about elimination, the elimination of Jews first and Who knows who the next infidel will be? That's why statements like this by Joe Biden are clueless at best. And when this crisis is over, there has to be a vision of what comes next. And in our view, it has to be a two-state solution. It means a concentrated effort for all the parties, Israelis, Palestinians, regional partners, global leaders, to put us on a path toward peace. How can you have a peace, a two-state solution, a ceasefire with Palestinians when they are controlled by Hamas terrorists, especially when the majority living in Gaza support Hamas? Again, a group of terrorists wanting to eradicate the Jewish community. A recent poll from the Washington Institute revealed that after, after the massacre, 58% of Gazans still support Hamas or at the very least have positive feelings towards them. Really? And Joe Biden wants a ceasefire? Even Hillary Clinton knows better. People who are calling for a ceasefire now do not understand Hamas. That is not possible. It would be such a gift to Hamas because they would spend whatever time there was a ceasefire in effect rebuilding their uh, armaments you know, creating stronger positions to be able to fend off uh, an eventual um, assault by the Israelis. So we're in a very different world. 
By the way, did you see Nora O'Donnell, the anchor, sitting there when, when Hillary was saying that stuff? She like looked at the audience like, wow, I can't believe she's saying this. And as Hillary said, this is a world that's very different. It's a world that Hamas wants to eradicate of all Jews. First, keep that in mind, first, a group that is calling on all Muslim people to die for their cause. Here's Hamas official Sheikh Hamad al-Ragheb. Wow, martyrdom, the necks of Jews. Sounds like a very reasonable, peaceful man right there, right? I mean, tensions in the Middle East, they've always been there. But terrorists have now become emboldened thanks to... Joe Biden, who has clearly made a deal with the devil in order to become president. And that devil is now the base of the Democrat Party, the radical left, who are now basically threatening him into not supporting Israel. Take a listen to Congresswoman Jay Appel of Michigan on Meet the Press. The president needs to be just as courageous on this issue so that we keep the unity within our country for the support of the incredible things he has done. The American people are actually quite far away from where uh, the president and even Congress, the majority of Congress, has been on Israel and Gaza. They, they support the right for Israel to defend itself, to exist, but they do not support a war crime exchanged for another war crime. And I think the president has to be careful about that. Careful. And then she was also added he could lose some votes in Michigan. Who in their right mind is supporting Hamas? I mean, here's the thing. Joe Biden was always a moderate. It's why he was elected all those years in the Senate. It's why a lot of people voted for him to become the president. But then once he became the president of the United States, suddenly he started inviting trans people to the White House, uh, topless members of the alphabet, alphabet mafia to come there too. Uh, I mean, Biden opens our borders, allowing for a mass invasion of young, able-bodied men to now infiltrate every city across our great nation. Biden, he's destroyed our economy by shutting down our oil supply and thereby enriching the coffers of our adversaries. And now, if Joe Biden doesn't bend to the will of the radical left, his base, the anti-Semitic base, he risks losing what he's yearned for his entire life, power. Make no mistake, though, Biden is losing. Most polls show that in a head-to-head -head with Trump, Trump beats Biden. Even the fake news is now waking up. We were talking to some Democratic donors, mm -hmm. and they have told us that should something befall President Biden, and he is not able to run, mm -hmm. that there would be a free-for-all for... -all for who would run as president. You are in the spot that that would be unnatural for you to step up, but we're hearing from donors that they would not naturally fall into line. Why is that? Well, first of all, I'm not gonna engage in that hypothetical because Joe Biden is very much alive and running for re-election. Well, nobody asked if he was dead, Kamala. <laughs> so Joe Biden now has a big, big decision to make. Does he continue to genuflect before the altar of his radical left anti-Semitic base, continue to cater to their left-wing America last ideologies, or 
So as he stands up for America, put it first for Israel and say enough is enough. Remember, it always, always starts with the Jews, but it never, ever ends with them. The war on Hamas escalated this weekend as Israel now expanded their ground invasion into Gaza. Earlier today, Israeli defense forces attacked a terrorist cell in Lebanese territory. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu earlier made some very strong comments. Take a listen. Just as the United States would not agree to a ceasefire after the bombing of Pearl Harbor or after the terrorist attack of 9-11, Israel will not agree to a cessation of hostilities with Hamas after the horrific attacks of October 7th. Calls for a ceasefire are calls for Israel to surrender to Hamas, to surrender to terrorism, to surrender to barbarism. That will not happen. There have also been drone attacks on American bases in Syria and Iraq by Iran-backed militants, injuring two dozen of our military personnel. Joe Biden, he's the reason America, the world, is in chaos right now. And yet he remains handcuffed and beholden to the radical left of the Democrat Party. Let's bring in our foreign policy experts to discuss. So joining us now, Waleed Ferris, Newsmax foreign policy expert and secretary of Transatlantic Parliamentary Group. Also with us, Fred Flights, former chief of staff for the National Security Council and vice chair of the Center for American Security for America First Policy Institute. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Joining us this evening on Greg Kelly Reports. So, Waleed, let's start off with you first. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu also announced that they will allow a safe zone at the ends of Gaza, guaranteeing that civilians will not be targeted in that zone. You've been suggesting this idea of a safe zone for quite some time now. What do you think the next step should be? Well, first of all, uh, thank you for having me. And declaring this safe zone by itself is a very powerful response to the whole debate about uh, ceasefire, because a ceasefire without a mechanism to stop the next attack is not going to be possible. Obviously, um, Israel is moving into Gaza to dismantle Hamas. Any ceasefire, as the prime minister of Israel has said, it means uh, an equivalent to a ceasefire done after 9-11 or after Pearl Harbor, very logical. So by announcing that uh, there will be a, a safe zone, meaning there will be no operations there, in southern Gaza, it means that civilians can be safe, and then Israel can continue with operation. I think this is a very good move. Now, of course, you have to execute this with a party that you trust. Is there such a party? Are the Egyptians? Are the Saudis? Are the Emiratis? Today, the, Egypt, the Saudis are contemplating a return of violence with the pro-Iranian Houthis. It's getting complicated, not just by the day, but by the hour. Absolutely. And I think Hamas wants its people to die. In that clip I played earlier today, earlier just before, uh, by the Hamas leader, he's, he's saying that their blood is needed. It's a martyrdom. And then, Fred, I want to talk to you. Do you think that Joe Biden made a deal with the devil, a.k.a. the radical left of the Democrat Party? And that is why he's not acting as strongly as he should in support of Israel, which was our strongest ally. I, I do. Biden was a more moderate Democrat when he was in the Senate for most of his career. But I think he made this deal with the devil during the uh, 2020 campaign to get the nomination. And he's continuing throughout his presidency, whether it's on abortion or green energy or, or, or whatever he's whatever he's pursuing. 
Uh, it, it's been it's been pretty radical, and you can see there's a lot of opposition, growing opposition on the radical left to him right now. Even though his position has been sort of equivocal, he says he's strongly for Israel, but then he says his conditions. He doesn't want Israel to occupy Gaza. His administration leaks criticism of the Israeli military. He says that Israel has to abide by the law of war and international humanitarian laws. Let me tell you, Lydia, even Hamas knows that Israel abides by these laws. That's why they put their command centers under hospitals and the entrances to tunnels, because they know Israel won't bomb hospitals, because that's against the law of war. Right, absolutely right. And then, Waleed, I want you to take a listen to what President Trump said this weekend at the Republican Jewish Coalition. Our security was so incredible. I have the Trump ban, you know, the Trump travel ban. Everybody killed me on that, the Trump travel ban, because it sounds a little nasty. But no, I don't want people coming in from certain countries where it's so bad and they're blowing each other up and they're killing each other and they want to now come and they want to teach us how their country runs. We don't need that. We don't want to be taught. So we had the Trump travel ban. But I said, you know, the one thing that's nice about not being in, I never talked about the fact that we had no trouble with terrorism for four years. Think of it. Waleed, do you think the Trump travel ban should be reinstated? Let's understand what the Trump travel ban is, because I discussed it with him just before I joined the campaign, just two months before that. It doesn't mean systematically every Muslim or Arab or Iranian. What he means are the militants who are connected to the Muslim Brotherhood, the ones behind what's happening in Gaza, the ones behind what's happening in Afghanistan, or and the members of Hezbollah and anybody connected to them. But enable, to be able to do this, you have to vet. And in, in order to vet, you have to actually have measures on the ground. Certainly, we are late. We are a decade late from a system that would allow us to stop at the border, before the border, any potential jihadists. And there are measures. Now the Europeans are talking about it after they were the ones who criticized it. So obviously, it costs blood to be able to be conscious of the threats. Absolutely. Waleed Ferris, Fred Flights, we got to leave it right there. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you. Anti-Semitic protests continue to grow on college campuses across the country, and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis offers his solution. But is it the right one? You're watching Greg Kelly Reports. As I stand here today, I want to offer my most confident and full endorsement of Donald J. Trump because All right, the Trump train continues this weekend in Iowa. Former HUD Secretary Ben Carson endorsed President Trump for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. Right now, Trump is still way ahead in the polls, especially when it comes to Iowa. A new poll showing 43% of caucus goers in Iowa would choose Trump. We're now joined by former HUD Secretary and renowned neurosurgeon Dr. Ben Carson. Doctor, welcome to Greg Kelly Reports. Thank you. Good to be with you. 
Now, Dr. Carson, we'll get back to your endorsement for Trump in just a moment. But first, I wanted to ask you about Hamas's violent attack on Israel. We're, we're seeing ramifications right here in the United States. Violent and hateful pro-Hamas protests continue to erupt across the country, especially on college campuses. A presidential candidate, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, defended his, his view to disband pro-Palestinian student groups. I want you to take a listen. This is not cancel culture. Uh, this group, they themselves said in the aftermath of the Hamas attack that they don't just stand in solidarity, that they are part uh, of this Hamas movement. And so, yeah, you have a right to go out and demonstrate, but you can't provide material support to terrorism. They've linked themselves to Hamas. And so we absolutely decertified them. Uh, they should not get one red cent of taxpayer dollars. Uh, and we also have strong laws in Florida against fundraising for groups like Hamas. And we are enforcing those vigorously. It's not a First Amendment issue. That's a material support to terrorism issue. And this is also very similar to back in 2019 when President Trump, he signed an executive order that made the Title VI section of the 1964 Civil Rights Act to apply to anti-Semitic attacks. The order took direct aim at the BDS movement on college campuses, yet Biden rescinded that order, among everything else that Trump did that was amazing. What do you think about this? Should those BDS groups on college campuses and these pro-Hamas people, should they be defunded, deplatformed? Well, I, I'm very disappointed that we haven't learned the lessons from what happened in the 30s and 40s. Uh, you know, we say never again, and yet here it is happening again. And that people cannot, uh, a lot of people just don't actually know. A lot of times you see these men on the street uh, interviews, and they don't know anything about history, and therefore they're bound to repeat it. Uh, obviously, a terrorist group like Hamas is something that we do not want to support in any way. And in fact, we want to stand in opposition to it. And it wouldn't matter who it was, what race they were, what ethnic group they came from. If they were advocating the obliteration of others, we should stand against that. Absolutely. And a lot of these kids are chanting from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. They don't even understand what river to the sea means. It's a dog whistle to eradicate all of Israel, to kill all Jews. It's incredible <laughs> just how misinformed, I guess I want to say, a lot of these kids are. Manipulated and indoctrinated. You know, and this is something that's been going on for a very long time. You can read it in a congressional record from 60 years ago when they talked about the desire to gain control of the school system so you could indoctrinate the kids and uh, reorient them. And that's what's happening. And we need to fight vigorously against that. We need to start with kids at early age and begin to teach them the true history of our country, the history of the world, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But when you're talking about the United States, there's a lot more good than there is bad and ugly. Absolutely. Do you think any of this would have happened if uh, President Trump was in office? Uh, I don't think so, because a lot of this, I think, is inspired by Iran, who thinks we're the great Satan, who wants to destroy us. And believe me, if this is going on in Israel and on the West Bank and in places, I guarantee you they have active terrorists who are coming in through our southern border, which is an open invitation uh, to terrorize the American people. And we will, in fact, uh, have some problems. I guarantee that. 
Now, Dr. Carson, you clearly endorsed President Trump this past weekend. What do you say to people that say, I don't know if Trump's the guy, he could get us embroiled into more conflict? What do you say to those people? I would say you've had the advantage of seeing what he could do. Um, you know, under his administration before COVID hit, you know, we had an economic boom. We had very low unemployment, very low inflation, respect around the world, causing things to be done that actually made sense. And uh, all those things have been dismantled. We were energy independent, which has a lot to do with the inflation that's going on now. So there may be people who don't like him, who don't like his personality. But would you rather have somebody who rubs you the wrong way, but does great things for you uh, personally in your life and economically and in every other way? Or would you like to have somebody who has a smooth tongue and does nothing except destruction? Dr. Carson, we have about a minute left before I let you go. Why do you think President Biden isn't taking more of a stronger stance against Hamas? He's calling for a ceasefire. He's calling for a pal two-state Palestinian solution, a two-state solution. We know that's not possible. We know Israel has been trying that for many, many, many years, and they just don't want it. You can't have peace with a group that wants to exterminate you. Well, you know, we should be asking him that question and asking others who are advocating for a ceasefire exactly what do you propose to do after the ceasefire has taken place and you allow Hamas to once again get into position to create havoc? Do you have a solution for that? And if they don't have a solution for it, then maybe they should sit on the sidelines and wait this one out and let Israel do what they need to do in order to protect their people. Absolutely. Dr. Ben Carson, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Well, anti-Semitism is on the rise across the United States. When we come back, former police commissioner Bernie Carrick joins us live to discuss. He loves the Constitution. He fights for what's right. He hates the bad guys. He's a freedom warrior. He's your freedom warrior. Watch Carl Higby every weekday on Newsmax. How does the White House characterize the threat to our Jewish community here at home? And what will the White House do to try to keep them safe? That threat's rising, Poppy, no question about it. I mean, in 2022, there were more anti-Semitic events in this country uh, than there had been since 1979. And in this year, in 23, we continue to see that rise. It's dangerous. It's unacceptable. Uh, it, it, anywhere in the world, certainly here in the United States of America. Well, it's about time. The White House finally acknowledging the rise in anti-Semitic attacks across the country. Compared to this same time last year, acts of anti-Semitism have gone up 388%. Joining us now to discuss the rise in violence against the Jewish community is former NYPD Commissioner Bernie Carrick. Commissioner, welcome to Greg Kelly Reports. Thanks, Lydia. So anti-Semitic attacks of violence, they've increased 388% compared to the same time last year. I'm noticing here in New York City stepped up patrols at synagogues and Jewish schools. But 
Can you just imagine for a second if instead of these people, these kids are, you know, protesters chanting from the river to the sea, which is basically calling for the obliteration of Israel and all Jewish people that say black people or any other group of people were being targeted? I mean, what is going on here? What do you think needs to be done to stop these attacks from happening in the first place? Well, municipal governments like New York City and uh, the New York City prosecutors and the U.S. attorney's offices all across this country should be stepped up in high gear going out after these people for hate crimes, terroristic threats, um, and aggravated harassment, and, and I can go on assault, aggravated assault, attempted murder. Um, you know, they're not doing that. There's a 380 percent increase in anti-Semitism and anti-Semitism uh, and anti-Semitic attacks. However, there's not a 300% increase in arrests in, in those uh, targets, uh, people targeting uh, Jewish uh, people in this country. You know, I, I have a great fear here, uh, Lydia, and that is there is, there is an international movement um, for, for a holocaust mm -hmm. of the Jewish people. Um, we're seeing it in London. We're seeing it in Paris. We're seeing it in the United States. And if somebody doesn't act and act fast, this is going to get out of hand and it's going to get extremely, extremely dangerous. And to your point, Commissioner, another major protest, Grand Central Terminal on Friday night, pro-Hamas protesters took it, took it over forcing trains to stop running, commuters, they couldn't get home. I mean, we're talking thousands of people inside, outside. Uh, people were arrested. I've read somewhere like 300, but they were only given tickets. Listen, I'm all for free speech, but like you're saying, should there be stronger consequences for these people, for these supposed demonstrators, especially when they're disrupting vital services? Listen, there's going to have to be. They're going to have to do something about this. In Dagestan, in, in, in Russia, they had people storm an airport, storm an airport in an attempt to get on a plane to attack Jewish people, uh, Israelis coming in to that airport. This stuff is insanity. And, and basically, you have a bunch of kids. Look, look at the, the ages of the kids at these protests here in the United States. They don't know the difference between Palestine and Gaza and Hamas, they have no idea what they're talking about, 90% of them. This is crazy, and it's getting out of hand, and until the prosecutors and the U.S. attorneys start to take extremely aggressive steps, and we need our legislators to enact legislation to make this the roughest penalties possible to make sure this stuff stops. I know we have less than a minute left, and we were showing that video while you were talking about the Russian airport that was taken over by a lynch mob. I mean, thousands of people chanting they wanted to kill the Jews and knife them, all these Muslims screaming, Allah Akbar. Uh, are you afraid this could happen here as well in the United States? Honestly, Lydia, it's happening here. It's already happening here. Things like this are happening here. They had, they had these students that stormed uh, the college, the university, and cornered uh, these Jewish kids inside, a, yeah. inside yeah. an auditorium or a classroom, and they couldn't get out, and they were calling for their deaths and all this other stuff. This stuff is happening. 
And somebody better do something about it and do yep. something about it quick. Yep. And those people that kind of barricaded those kids, the Jewish kids, nothing happened to them. There were no arrests, by the way. Oh, exactly. Commissioner Carrick, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. All right, a record numbers of border crossers continue to cross into our country illegally. A mass invasion. Vice President Kamala Harris diverts blame on the situation. A surge in illegals from India made their way across our border along with a mix of dangerous individuals from the terror watch list. Of course, we'll discuss all of it after this. Information. Truth. Is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. Is our national security even more in danger now? Biden's open border policy leaves us more vulnerable than ever as our own president continues to aid and abet this ongoing invasion of young military-aged men. You take a listen to what border czar Kamala Harris said in a recent interview. Most Americans say that they don't think you're doing a good job on the border, you and the administration. The number of people trying to cross the U.S. southern border is at an all-time high. It's no secret that we have a broken immigration system. Short term, we need a safe, orderly, and humane border policy. And long term, we need to invest in the root causes of migration. But the bottom line, Congress needs to act. Come on, participate in the solution instead of political gamesmanship. You know, they say the root cause of migration is like climate change. Mark Morgan, thank you so much for being with us, former CBP acting commissioner and Newsmax contributor. Talk to me, Mark, about the record-breaking amount of illegals, hundreds from the terror watch list. They've already made it to our country. 278 terrorists, uh, 276 terrorists apprehended at the southern border, all under Joe Biden's rule. I mean, obviously, there are probably even more potential terrorists right here just waiting to strike. Yeah, Lydia, look, there's a lot to unpack there. First, I agree, our system right now is dismantled, and this White House is the, is the entity that dismantled it. I mean, it's just unconscionable what the vice president is saying. You know what the root cause is? Is that this is the greatest country in the face of the planet, and this administration has told the entire world, you can come, even if you enter illegally, we'll release you and never be heard from again. But on a national security threat, I've been saying for a while, we're, we're more vulnerable now than we were 22 years ago before 9-11. We've done some great work at securing our airways, but our, our border right now is more open and more vulnerable than it ever has been in our lifetime. It's not just those that are coming to our border on the terror watch list, but it's also what we call special interest aliens. And those are aliens that come from countries that we know facilitate, harbor, and sponsor terrorism. And that's happening every single day, all day long. We've received tens of thousands over the past 34 months. And leading one last thing, it's not necessarily what we apprehend that should be really concerned us. It's what we don't apprehend. The past 34 months, 1.6 million known Godaways. How many are on the terror watch list? How many special interest aliens from countries that harbor terrorism are among, among the 1.6 million? That we have no idea. 
And the Biden administration is incentivizing this invasion. I mean, we're giving them free cell phones and hotel rooms and college tuition. I mean, you name it. So who can blame them? And as you were mentioning, we're getting a lot of illegals from kind of different countries, right? We have a record high of 42,000 illegals that came in from India through our southern border. We're seeing them from China. We're seeing them from the Middle East. Mark Morgan, what do you think is going on? Look, th this is not surprising. In the last 34 months, we've encountered people from 180 different countries. They let that sink in. There's only 195 recognized countries in the entire world. Why? Because this administration has made it very clear. You make it to our borders, whether you come here illegal or otherwise, you're going to be released into the interior United States. As you said, they're taking us up on it. And look, it's not just countries that we know pose a significant national security threat to us from, from a terrorist perspective. But, Lydia, like you said, Ch Chinese. I mean, we've had a skyrocket number of individuals from China coming. And here's the issue. We don't know why. We don't know what their intent is. We don't know what they're doing. And right now, after the release, we have no idea where they're at in the United States or what they're planning. That should shock and scare us all. Absolutely. But don't forget the greatest threat facing our democracy are MAGA Republicans. Don't forget that, Commissioner Mark Morgan. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. A little levity there and all this you bet. strife. Thank you. All right. During this ongoing war overseas, Biden has made giving aid to Gaza now a top priority. In this time of crisis, what can our new speaker and Republicans do to make sure that aid doesn't get into the wrong hands? Like, I don't know, the terrorists? That report after this. Hey guys, it's Carson. Today's podcast sponsored by NutraSense. That was the sound of a NutraSense biosensor. It's a small device that you put on the back of your arm that then provides real-time feedback on how your body responds to the foods that you're eating, your exercise, stress, and even your sleep. With NutraSense, you just take a photo of your meal, adjust for portion size, and NutraSense does the rest. NutraSense helps you track your data, see your glucose trends, and understand your macronutrient breakdown for each meal. You also get an overall glucose score for each meal based on your body's response. You'll be matched with a board-certified nutritionist who will review your data and answer all your questions. Plus, they give you a personalized nutrition plan so you can achieve your goals. You should try NutraSense today. It will open your eyes in profound ways to how your food, exercise, and lifestyle choices are affecting you. What's more, it empowers you with a real-time feedback loop showing the consequences of your food and lifestyle choices. It is a powerful tool for understanding your body and affecting positive change in your life. You can get all of this today. NutraSense has a special offer for our listeners. Visit NutraSense.com Carson. Use code CARSON to start decoding your body's messages and pave the way for a healthier life. Be sure to tell them you learned about NutraSense on the Rob Carson podcast. That's NutraSense.com slash Carson to save 30% off your first month, plus get a month of board-certified nutritionist support. Today, I'm also announcing $100 million in new U.S. funding for humanitarian assistance in both Gaza and the West Bank. We believe that uh, humanitarian assistance is important for the Palestinian people that live in Gaza. We need immediate, sustained humanitarian aid to flow into Gaza. 
Actions speak louder than words, and sending hundreds of millions of our taxpayer dollars to Gaza could end up in the hands of Hamas terrorists. So what can Republicans do to prevent that from happening? Let's bring in Republican Congressman from Texas, Pat Fallon. Congressman, thank you so much for, for joining us. Olivia, thanks for having me. So, listen, I mean, I, I'm sure your heart breaks every time you look on social media for all of the innocent people, even in Gaza, that have been hurt and killed during this war. But how can we send all of this money, our hard-earned taxpayer dollars, to Gaza when we know that Hamas is in control of that region? How do we make sure it actually gets to those Palestinian civilians? That's a great point. We can't. And that's why I, I'm, I'm fascinated by the American left and their obsession with the, Pal the Palestinians in Gaza, and they completely forget about the Israelis that were murdered and the fact that Hamas started this war. Nations don't have friends, nations have interests, and our interests are in helping other republics and democracies around the world, and Israel is one of our greatest allies, and Iran should be the ones, they fomented this in the first place, they should be the ones helping the uh, folks in Gaza. I wanna talk about Iran. Uh, you know, because of Biden's policies, his declaration of war on day one in office on the fossil fuel industry, he canceled the Keystone Pipeline. Iran is now filthy, filthy rich. Their coffers now, they're overflowing thanks to oil sales. It, I read one report, it's about $70 billion a year. Yet here's what Biden Kamala said regarding Iran. What's the message to Iran? Don't. As President Biden said, just don't. Exactly. One word. Pretty straightforward. I wonder what is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't. Don't, don't, don't. Don't, don't what? Don't what? Don't count all the money that we gave you? Well, I don't understand. What is, what is that? So what Joe Biden did was lift, he lifted the sanctions on Iranian oil sales and then, of course, their revenues exploded. I think it's 11 full to where it was when President Trump was in office. This, they're the largest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. And they're using this money, Lydia, to sponsor and, and foster this kind of uh, chaos and death and destruction, not only with Hamas, but with Hezbollah and other proxies around the region. So th what I would say, if I were the president, is we're going to reinstitute sanctions and we're going to chokehold the economy of Iran so they can't sponsor and fund this kind of evil. We have less than a minute left. Why do you think he lifted those sanctions? Why does every step that Biden makes, America is last and our adversaries go first? You know, one word, naivete. I mean, really, absolutely naive to think that you can trust the Iranians when they have done nothing in the last several decades to earn that trust. Not one thing. That's why the, the Iranian nuclear deal was a joke. And I'm so glad that President Trump rescinded it. The Iranian mullahs, this authoritarian theocracy, responds to strength. They also respond to weakness, as we have seen them playing Joe Biden and Kamala Harris mm -hmm. like a fiddle. Absolutely. Peace through strength. Thank you so much, Congressman Pat Fallon. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Lydia. God bless. God bless you, too. Kamala made an appearance on 60 Minutes last night, just a couple of weeks after they interviewed her boss or whatever, Joe Biden. What does the fake news have up their sleeve here with election season coming up? We'll explain after the break.
as we inch closer to election season, the media is in overdrive to glorify the Biden-Harris administration and, of course, hopes to get them reelected. Vice President Harris has visited 19 countries and met with more than 100 world leaders. But lately, she has been the administration's point person on domestic priorities, traveling the country talking up the Democrats' key issues before the 2024 election, issues she hopes will fire up the base but are bound to inflame the GOP. And folks, that's 60 Minutes Smoke and Mirrors production. <laughs> but some good news, finally. Uh, it appears uh, the other half of America is opening their eyes to the fake news and all their little tactics. A new poll reveals that America's trust in media for fair and accurate reporting has now hit a historic all-time low at a dismal 32%. Lots to discuss tonight with our media panel. Here with us, managing editor of Newsbusters, Curtis Houck. Also with us, chief White House correspondent of Today News Africa, Simon Atiba. Thank you, gentlemen, for being with us this evening. Good evening. Thank you for having Curtis, let's start with you. There were a lot of weird Kamala moments during that interview. Let's take a look at it. Joe Biden is very much alive and running for re-election. Why are you not 30 points ahead? Well, I'm not, I'm not a political pundit, so I, I, I'm not gonna speak to that. 70% of young people, people under 30, said he was doing a good job. Mm -hmm. Now it's less than 50%. Why is that? What's going on? If you poll how young people feel about the climate and the warming of our planet, it polls as one of their top concerns. Let me just tell you, I'm focused on the job. I truly am. Our democracy is on the line, Bill. Our democracy is definitely on the line with them at the helm. Uh, what do you think, uh, Curtis, about how the left-wing media covers the Biden administration? Well, Lydia, when you're a Democrat and you're in trouble or you just need to feel good about yourself, you go to 60 Minutes. <laughs> 60 Minutes is the preeminent program for liberal politicians and liberal it guys and girls to go and have their pillows fluffed. Whether it's Bill Whitaker, Steve Croft, Scott Pelley, or Cecilia Vega, who just moved over there from ABC News, um, this is the place to go. Leslie Stahl, we saw with President Trump. Um, we did a special report back in the late 2000s called Syrupy Minutes because that was the go-to program for Barack Obama to have his ego stoked. Oh, yeah. I'm, full disclosure, I worked at CBS News back in the day, so I know all too well about their liberal kind of agenda. Uh, Simon, you're a reporter. You're a journalist. So, I mean, this is what we do. We're supposed to find out the truth. Yet since the very beginning of this war in Israel, we've heard anti-Israel rhetoric, a lot of fake news, misinformation. Let's take a listen at all this anti-Israel being spouted from the fake news. We're treating Gaza like an open-air prison, but the UN Secretary General called it <laughs> hell on earth. How much more hellish is it going to get in the coming days? I couldn't think of a better gift for Benjamin Netanyahu right now than this kind of incursion. The difficulties that people in Gaza have trying to get anywhere. There is nowhere for Gazans to go. Benjamin Netanyahu had said they should clear out because it's going to be bombed. The Israeli IDF has not been honest about what actually happened. Look at Shirin Abu Aple. I know that we keep talking about it, but it's one of the most recent uh, denials. They accused Palestinian militants, and then finally they apologized for it and admitted that they might have done it. 
You know, Simon, at this point, it's almost difficult to find out the truth because you're not getting it from a lot of media outlets. You also put out a tweet a short time ago talking about how Donald Trump is the man Democrats and Hillary Clinton warned would start a nuclear war. But we see we had such a so much peace under his administration. You've also clashed with uh, Karine Jean-Pierre. Why mm-hmm. is this, uh, this administration unable to just give us the truth? No, I, I think, you know, when it comes to the mainstream media, it has to do with the race for clicks and the race for to, to be able to break the story first. Uh, people, we don't really focus on accuracy. And you know what happened with the hospital in Gaza, where even the New York Times had to apologize. And that race for click, uh, you know, incentivize people to, you know, try to break the story first. And most times they are wrong. Uh, and if you see on X and on different uh, social media platforms, the people who spread misinformation and the most extreme views are actually the people who get most views and are rewarded yeah. for it. Absolutely. Simon Atiba, Curtis Hauk, I wish we had more time. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. All right, that's all we have for you on this Greg Kelly Reports. I'm Lydia Serrani. Trust and remember that God is with you in always, always. Chris Plant on the Right Squad starts right now.